Welcome to Happy House Families Podcast with your hosts, Morgan and Sandy. We are here to be an easy resource for families on the go and who aspire to create more joy within their families. Morgan is a special education teacher with a master's in education. Sandy is a consultant who also has her master's in education and has worked with families for over 20 years. Both of your hosts have a vast experience working with neurotypical and neurodiverse children. Welcome to the show. everyone. Welcome to Happy House Families. I'm Sandy. And I'm Morgan. And today we're going to talk about ADHD and meltdowns and dysregulation. So much fun. (laughs) (laughs) And you know we have dealt with dysregulation. And meltdowns. And meltdowns that's right with kids and people dating. (laughs) Yeah in all different settings. It doesn't happen just in one place. Exactly. That is so true. Or with one age. That's true. I wonder if people want to hear more about children with dysregulation, emotional dysregulation, or people we've dated with emotional dysregulation. (laughs) What do you think would be a more interesting topic for today? (laughs) Probably the ones we've dated. I know. Exactly. We'll probably add a few of those in there. Yeah. Right? Yes. So this is a lifelong thing. Oh, I have a funny story. So one of my friends, she is married to a man with ADHD. And she told me that she always knows when he does not take his medication. Oh, yeah. So one day, she went home, and there was a dog, a big puppy dog. Oh, my goodness. And she was like, what did you do? And he was talking about the puppy and everything. And the next question out of her mouth was, did you take your medication today? And he said no. And then... (laughs) So good story is they both love the dog immensely, but that is her story of when her husband did not take regulation, her did not take his medication. There was a puppy. Yeah. So yes, exactly. So that very impulsive thing does happen, and it also makes I think life very interesting. Right. It does. You don't know what you're going to get. Exactly. That's right. It makes life very, very, very interesting. And when you're close to someone, um, whether it be someone that you're your partner or a child, you can tell right away when they haven't taken their medication. Exactly. And something yes. is off. Like it's. Okay, I can see it's happening right now. <laughs> exactly, that is true. Yeah. And what she will say to him when they're talking, if it's something serious, she will say to him, I need you to turn off all the channels in your brain right now. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, she'll say, I need you to turn them all off before we have this conversation or all the other channels off. So she actually, because she knows that she needs to prime him for certain conversations. That's good. Yes, and so I love that because that is something that I also use with some of my students. It's like mm-hmm. right now, we are going to, like for example, if we have to study for a test, we're gonna to have to turn off all the other channels, let me know when they're all turned off so we can now focus to study for your test or for whatever reason. So I thought that was a great tip. Yeah, I like that. So I'm passing that on. Um, also, I just wanna speak as a teacher that has students that take medication. Um, whatever your stance on medication, that's your personal, that's your prerogative. Uh, but if your child does take medication, it is really detrimental um, to not give it to them every single day. So if you miss two days here and then they're on here, it's not good for their brains. I had this poor kid in my class that that's happening to and I can always tell when he's not on meds, but it's just really hard for him because one day he's super up, the next day he's super down, then it could be three days in a row he's good, the next two he's not. And so his poor little brain just is in kind of an overdrive and doesn't know what to expect. So if you are gonna do the medication route, please be consistent and 
with that too, sometimes it might not be the first one that you get. The dosage, it might take a little bit of time. Please talk to your teacher, the teachers to see what they're, what they think, because they do see them during the school day. Because mm-hmm. um, it might not be first time we get it right and everything's great. So just Correct. be wary of that too. Yes, I will, I will say that for most of my clients, it's never the first um, recommendation is the, you know, the dosage that they go with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so you do have to be patient with that as well. And there are different people. There's um, Dr. Thomas Brown here in Manhattan Beach. What I heard is that when he does the medication diagnosis that he will have the child in the clinic and he will see how they, you know, get on the medication and how they come off of the medication. Uh So there are different doctors who do have different ideas of how to prescribe. And so some will give you the prescription for you to monitor at home. And I've had parents also take the medication with their child. Oh, wow. Because they want to see how it affects their brain. And then there is a conversation of like, well, your brain doesn't have. Yeah, I was gonna say your brain doesn't yes. react. It won't react the same yeah, way. Exactly, because your brain doesn't have the same chemical imbalance, and you're 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 also different people, different weight, different everything. So, um, so I know there are some parents who will take the medication first to see how they are on it before giving it to their child. So I just wanted to bring that up as well. It doesn't seem like the best route to go. Oh, but I yes, I and I, I, I and I totally understand the reason why a parent would do that. Yeah, they want to see what's going to happen to their kids, but their brain doesn't function the same way. Exactly, and there's okay. just also just so many other different things that happen. So I just wanted to make sure that um, that I just brought this up to make sure that there's an understanding that your child will react to something differently than you. So for example, if it's not working on you, doesn't mean that it's not going to work for them. Yes. Does that make sense? Oh yes, definitely. Yes. So I just wanted to bring that up. Okay, so ADHD meltdown and dysregulation. So one of the things I've noticed with the children with ADHD who I work with, who I love, and I just have to say this, I love the kids I work with. They are so, they just make my life full and happy and just wonderful. And so one of the things that does come up for some of the kids I work with is fairness. They want everything to be fair. And if something's not fair, it's really hard for them. And sometimes a breakdown will happen or a meltdown will happen. A tantrum will happen because they sometimes have a hard time dealing with losing. Or if a classmate is cheating, that's a really big trigger for a lot of the kids I work with. Um, And then just having the conversation that life isn't fair and sometimes these things do happen I have one little boy who I work with who is super just fantastic and he has a really hard time understanding why the other kids in this class don't also follow the rules. Okay. <laughs> yes. And that's very upsetting to him mm-hmm. that they don't follow the rules and sometimes they get priority treatment without and so he doesn't like that when that happens so just like unfairness so sometimes that will be a trigger for meltdowns so we have to do talk we do have to talk about the reality of life that sometimes people do cheat sometimes people um, aren't nice and sometimes people don't follow the same rules that we do and that there is that difference but we don't have to have a meltdown over it so just Mm -hmm. having that understanding of what can we do instead when somebody does cheat or when somebody does um, do something that you don't think is right. I'm sure you've seen this in your classroom, right? Yes, or I'll have, like, different kids get different services. So if Mm -hmm. a kid gets occupational therapy and one doesn't and they see that they're playing games in the back, why don't I get OT? I want OT. And so I, and then there might be 
they might get upset that they're not getting something that someone else is. And so uh, what I'll do is I'll just explain. I say everyone has a different plan. So your yeah. plan doesn't require that right now. So you're not going to have that. And little Johnny does have that in his plan. And so I'll just explain how we're all just kind of different and that one doesn't mean that it's better than the other. It's just that different people need different things. Exactly. Um, another trigger for some of the dysregulation I have experienced with my clients is, you know, any kind of sensory thing. If their hair is not combed right, mm. that's a big one for some of the girls I work with. Like, you know, their hair has to be a certain way. Um, you know, just working on that flexibility that, you know, we don't have to have the same type of hairstyle all the time, you know, or it's okay if you know, mom is sick today and then dad combed your hair. <laughs> These sometimes can be triggers for meltdowns and people might say, oh, this child's being spoiled. Like, have you heard that? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, they're just being spoiled. And, or, you know, they're not disciplined enough, like mom and dad are being too loosey-goosey. And they're not understanding that part of this is just the emotional dysregulation with ADHD because it's hard to have that part of the brain come in and stop and then evaluate, like, okay, let me take an outside step. Is this a big deal, little deal, like small deal, medium deal, or big deal? Like, what is my reaction to it? It's just all a big deal. Yeah, it's going to be very impulsive. Exactly. So that's part of ADHD. And this is also not a parenting issue. So a lot of times um, I'll notice, like, parents getting blamed for not disciplining their kids or things like that. And it's not a parenting issue. A lot of times people just don't understand that these the children brain. Yes, yeah. have ADHD. And these are things that are hard for the children for them to um, have emotional dysregulation. So uh, children with and people with ADHD, sometimes there can be an easier meltdown situation. Um, and it can, it can, um, how can I say this? It can disrupt, you know, success mm -hmm. because then all of a sudden there's this big emotion and a lot of times like peers will be afraid to be friends with kids with ADHD because they're not sure when the big explosions are going to come from yes you know or having the big reactions I know like you know dating somebody in the past with ADHD like sometimes like big reactions would come from things that I was like wait what Mm -hmm. What was that? <laughs> Why are we reacting to this? Yes. Yes, exactly. And, and Don't you, make a mountain out of a molehill. Exactly. Kind of like, yes, exactly. Like, you've heard my conversations, right? So, you know. <laughs> exactly. Like, wait, what happened here with this? So, you know, as, you know, adult woman, like, having had experiences like this in the dating world, um, you know, I understand, like, how kids, when this happens, how it can be very big and traumatic. At least I have the brain of, like, okay, let me step back now. Where is this coming from? Where is this big you know, feeling coming from. And so that's something that could be helpful, like if your child does have ADHD, for you to talk about this with their siblings so that there's not always big fights and big arguments so that their siblings are aware that their brain does work differently mm -hmm. and sometimes the sensitivity comes in and sometimes there are bigger reactions. Um, and something that you can do when those big feelings do come in is the first thing to do is as soon as it's safe to, if it's, you know, mm -hmm. kid's not in the middle of a huge tantrum, um, is to just validate their feelings. Uh, so we first kind of have that connection. Exactly. So mirror back what's happening, right? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Like saying, you know, um, saying like, I see that you're really upset now. Mm -hmm. Do not try to have a big conversation while they're in the middle of a meltdown because that's not going to work. Yeah. It's not going to be productive at all. Exactly. So, but you can mirror back what they're feeling, not with like a whole paragraph, yeah. but I could see that you're very upset. 
Yes, short and sweet. Yes, exactly. Because you don't want to make the meltdown any worse than it is. Um, and if you try to engage in a power struggle while they're having a meltdown, that's only going to escalate the situation. It's oh, yeah. not going to make it better. And it's exhausting. I've done it before. Like you know, you learn from you learn from things that have happened in the past. You get into power struggles, especially with a child. And it's just, it, it, I mean, as an adult, you don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And it just makes it more gruesome more and, and it also teaches the kid bad habits exactly that is true and just remember the part of the brain that regulates this part right now is on overdrive mm -hmm. so just understand and having the compassion that this is what's happening in the brain if they could control it they would you know so just having that understanding and I understand that at that moment it can be overwhelming for you and if it's feeling overwhelming for you please know that for sure for sure for sure for sure for sure it's overwhelming for your child at that moment probably by a hundred times more than you are feeling mm -hmm. exactly yes. and so afterwards you also need to take care of yourself so make exactly. sure to check in with you and take a little breather and that sort of thing exactly and just like a little reminder children will watch how you deal with emotional situations yes. so if you deal with emotional situations by getting angry right away then they're also going to have that in their you know arsenal because they have seen you do it so make sure that when you are dealing with big triggers that you are handling it in a way with not big huge like anger or a huge emotion because they are going to be watching what you're doing yes Exactly. And then if, you know, we slip up, it happens. We might yell when we didn't mean to. But after the fact, when you have calmed down, you can explain that, you know, this wasn't the right way to do it and that you're a human being too because I think that also helps kids. Exactly. And, you know, kind of going back to, you know, Daniel Siegel's idea yes. that, you know, everything is a teachable moment. So during their meltdown, it is an opportunity to teach so the best way to teach is to respond calmly. Be Buddha. Be Zen as best as you can. Yeah. Yes. And then also make sure just to go through like the practical things. Um, and I love that you posted this on our Instagram the other day. Um, just making sure that they are fed, that they have slept well, you know, making sure that the basics have been taken care of and that they're not having meltdowns because they only had three hours of sleep the night before mm -hmm. or they were eating Cheetos and orange soda all day, making sure that, you know, these are not the reasons for the meltdown. Yes, exactly. Yes. And again, doing the breathing exercise will definitely help during, to uh, calm them down. And there's this one, um, this is, there's a really cute idea of what they can do. So if you have a water bottle, I think we all have water bottles. <laughs> I'm holding up one right now. So if you have a water bottle, go get one if you don't have one. Um, fill it with water and you can add paint to it and glitter. And so what you can do is if you have a young child, when they're angry, have them hold their glitter bottle and have them shake it when they're angry. And you know that gets out some of the anger when they're doing that and they can get focused on the glitter and then you can use it as an analogy that when they're really angry just like the glitter it's going back and forth back and forth and there's a lot of movement and when you hold the bottle still the glitter will slowly calm down just like, like their feelings right so you can create a glitter bottle once again just water glitter and some paint or you don't even food need coloring. paint food coloring yes yeah. food coloring not paint food coloring, food coloring. yes <laughs> exactly and just remind them that their thoughts are like the glitter in the bottle, that it, you know, goes wild when you're shaking it, and that when it's calm, it's just like the glitter, it will go down nice and easy. 
Um, so this can also just kind of calm the brain down. So, and this is something you don't want to teach while they're having the meltdown. No, 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 no. no, no. 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 So you want to do this beforehand. Calm. And yes. Then a couple times. Yes, not exactly. Not just once. And then, as we said before, um, not just once and then they're in the middle of a meltdown and then you're, you're trying to do the deep breathing or the mm-hmm. glitter bottle. It's not going to it's not gonna work. Exactly. That's right. Okay, so that is our That is our dysregulation ADHD yes. podcast. Exactly, that's right. And then another good thing to do before even a meltdown can happen is if you know a trigger might happen, like at birthday parties or a game, you can prime your child with a social story. You can talk about the different things that can happen. And if they happen, what can you do? So just getting them ready for something that can potentially be upsetting. And then prior to the event happening, giving them different solutions. And sometimes even talking about something before it might happen takes away that pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, or telling them, like, if this happens, I want you to come and get me right away and ask for help. Or come up with a plan before a trigger point will happen. Yes, because you, you'll know your child and you'll know what, what triggers them. So priming them before that happens is a great strategy. Exactly. And, I, again, we can't stop emphasizing, like, fidget toys. That really helps as well. Mm-hmm. And exercise. Exercise is always fantastic for everybody. Yeah. It is. Yes. Helps calm down, healthy Ex- mind, release Ex- endorphins. Exactly. So make sure that there is regular exercise too. If you can do it like three times a week, that would be great. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is there anything else that we that we need to add, Morgan? I think that we've got it all. Okay, good. Okay, thank you everyone for listening, and we look forward to having you back here next week. Yes, thank you. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening. To contact Sandy and Morgan, check out happyhousefamilies.com or email at happyhousefamilies at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out their Facebook page to join the community. If you like the podcast, be sure to rate us. It helps the show be discovered more easily and help more people.